Well, hello, everybody. And we're so glad that you could join us for another early childhood discussion and a conscious conversation. Uh, the podcast from the Grow New Jersey Kids Technical Assistance Center North. And today I am very pleased to have with me Jean Budd, who is from the Center for Autism and Early Childhood Mental Health at Montclair State University. And she is here to talk with us about infant and early childhood mental health consultation. So Jean, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know that you folks at the center have been really, really busy during this <laughs> pandemic. Oh. As everyone else has, Laurie. So I, <laughs> and I really look forward to talking with you about this topic. Yeah. So can you uh, can you talk with us a little bit about what infant um, and early childhood mental health consultation is um, and specifically what that means for the state of New Jersey right now? Because I know that at the center, you are always engaging in innovative programs to serve the community. So can you tell us about that? Certainly. And yes, it is. Um a mouthful. Um, and we often see the acronym IECMHC, which stands for Infant Early Childhood Mental Health Consultation. Um, and what that means, um, and it's the work that many of, it, of us have done for a long, long time, um, it is the support for adults who are serving children ages zero through five. And really where those stress behaviors or concerns become challenging, or I like to say disruptive. Um, and really, um, it's the focus on the adults because, um, as we'll talk about, this work is based in relationships. So um, here in the state, um, we follow um, loosely the model from the Center for Excellence at Georgetown University. Um, and it is a model that is a, a is very collaborative, it, where the consultant it brings all the parties together, the educators, the family, um, the um, and and provide a view for a child or children. Now, unfortunately, in many of you as well, they think, ooh, mental health you know, are, are you diagnosing babies? You know, we, we, we sometimes um, tongue in cheek use the picture of a baby on a Freudian sofa in an, an analysis. Um, however, um, infant mental, infant early childhood mental health focuses on the foundations of what will go right in building strong relational and emotional skills in children. And so we focus on what happens early matters okay. from in utero through um, development and focusing on how that development unfolds within relationships. Of course, life happens, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the consultation may also be holding situations where trauma has impacted the family and therefore um, experienced by the children. And we always keep culture. 
in the forefront of um, how we look at uh, where the relationships begin, how they're organized, and how they support the children and the development. And all of that is within reflective space. Okay. So it sounds like what you're describing, it's almost like we're thinking about, say, early intervention, where you're looking at ways to impact a situation positively um, at an early age so that that child has the benefit of an opportunity to get headed in onto a better path at a very, very young age for, for, um, for, for possibly preventing um, situations in the future by catching something early. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And often we work hand in hand with the early um, intervention <laughs> professionals. Mm -hmm. um, and many consultations remain in that reflective support um, in the classroom, uh, uh, in, in childcare, or right. um, so there, there's so many different avenues. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love the way that you're describing um, the reflective piece in the classroom because I know um, you know, my years um, as a teacher and with a lot of the, the programs that I work with now, you've got these really dedicated, committed early childhood educators and um, they're having some struggles with a particular ch child and, the, and they're trying their hardest to figure out how to provide what that child needs to thrive in their classroom. Sometimes they're just not quite sure. So it sounds like you are, you know, helping to advance their knowledge in a way that's going to be beneficial to them. So um, is this a new service that's available in New Jersey? Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about how this works? Absolutely. Um, no, it is not new. Um, and so at, at the center where I am employed, um, our team has been working under um, the uh, label of CEFI, Socio-Emotional Formation Initiative, um, for almost five years now. Um, and we've been able to support um, private childcare um, that um, referrals come to us from the rating system and the QIS, so Grow New Jersey Kids. Um, we expand that really um, any director of a childcare center, um, if they feel they have a need, can reach out and we can uh, either provide the consultation or refer them um, to resources. Um, and in the future, we will also be supporting um, or looking to support Head Start and the Department of Education classrooms. However, uh, those teams also provide consultation through their professional staff in a variety of of ways. Um, so it is not a new service. Um, it, we're, we're doing our best now to um, increase the uh, awareness uh, of the availability and access. Um, it's just really because the professionals that provide this um, type of support, the consultation um, in the state of New Jersey, it is very limited and we're trying to increase that capacity. 
Okay, so you're really capacity building to be able to have more people who can provide this support. That's excellent. Now you mentioned um, child care center directors can reach out to you. And um, do you provide services also to family child care providers who work with a small group of children in their home? Great question. We, we, we absolutely do. In fact, on our team of consultants, um, all of us are, are well equipped to support um, FCCs. Um, however, um, two of our consultants uh, have been very busy doing just that. So um, yes, we are um, available and uh, have been supporting oh. family child care centers. Great, great. And I'm thinking, um, in my experience, um, many of our family child care providers in New Jersey, because of our incredible diversity, um, their first and most comfortable language um, is in Sp is Spanish. So I'm just wondering, do you do you provide services in Spanish? Yes, we do. Um, we have on our team Spanish speaking consultants. Um, and we aren't limited right now um, geographically because of the virtual nat nature of um, handling our responsibilities. So we are able to provide consultation virtually, um, and that has helped um, our um, support of the family child care providers as well as. Um, supporting them in their first language. Yes, I, I, I imagine that you're experiencing a similar thing that we are at the Technical Assistance Center where um, not having to spend hours every week in the car has allowed you to be more creative and flexible in how you use your time to be able to reach uh, you know, more people who need your services. So that's, that's great. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how does someone get to become an early childhood mental health consultant? You know, what what is what does it take to do that? Um, I'm thinking about people who might be interested in it as a career path or just curious about, you know, who who is this person that's reaching out to them either virtually or in the future, you know, coming into their program. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would. I would love um, to um, find out <laughs> if anyone is interested in hearing more. Um, typically, Lori, um, a consultant is a clinician, um, so they hold a license either as an LPC or in social work. Um, and the reason for that is, on a consultation, um, there, as I had mentioned, are a variety of situations, um, really what's happening with the child that, that may be presented. So um, the ability of an individual to have uh, the clinical uh, ba uh, ba background licensing and experience assists not only with um, possibly if an intervention is needed and a referral for resources for the child, However, also considering, as I mentioned, most of our work is with the adults who support, the, uh, who serve the children, um, but it's also working with, it, with adults, um, providing that understanding, that empathetic listening, the ability to reflect on what an individual brings to their work with children, maybe experiences in their own childhood, um, maybe such things like ghosts and angels in the nursery, 
um, understanding what it is that characterizes the relationship that they have with children and maybe a particular child or with other adults themselves. A lot of times things get stirred up when we meet with the families that we're serving in childcare. So um, clinician, and then um, often there are individuals who may have education, a master's level in education or psychology, who've had the opportunity to be on the front line um, with the families, with the educators in the classrooms. Um, and so they also uh, may be consultants and then spending time um, developing the, the ways of knowing for infant mental health principles. Um, understanding what I mentioned initially, um, the foundations of development happening within the context of a relationship and how to understand what happens early matters, brain development. Mm -hmm. But I have to tell you, there is one key <laughs> characteristic of a consultant that um, can be developed through um, courses and book learning. However, it's really about that those ways of being. So it's identified as a consultative stance. And I, I mentioned, um, so if an individual is presenting in a way of being um, an empathetic listener, being able to wonder, being able to take in many perspectives, um, not projecting that they are the expert, but weighing in on all the other important individuals in this child's life, um, being able to be comfortable on a child's level, you right. know, un understanding, right, the wide range of expression of emotions and um, behaviors that a child might display. So that's that's my best definition <laughs> okay. of yeah. a mental health con uh, consultant. It's funny, it's, it's reminding me of a conversation I had um, earlier this week with um, a child care center director who was talking with me about her search process and finding new staff and talking about really the, really the ways of being making the biggest difference that she has found. She said that, you know, you can have an education and a degree, but if you don't have that comfort level and that, you know, wondering and that curiosity and that willing to get down um, with the children and be at their level, that that education doesn't serve the best interest of the children. So, yeah, it sounds like it's well put. the same thing. And you've got people kind of coming into it from a clinical background, and then you've got people coming into it from um, a master's level education in early childhood education, for instance, and, you know, years of experience and coming, you know, both able to come into this field kind of from different directions. But yeah. yeah. Oh, so um, can you tell us a little bit about the goals of infant and early childhood mental health? Like if, if someone were to contact you and say, you know, we're really struggling with this child's behavior, um, you know, um, 
he's making it very difficult for us to implement activities in our classroom. His behavior is really out of control. Um, you know, what what is your process of how you know taking on a situation, and what are what are your goals in in mm -hmm. resolving that? Um, well, I'll work a little backwards. The okay. the quick answer <laughs> would be um, to reduce the risk of expulsion. Okay. And the uh, philosophical answer is to identify what's in the best interest of the child or children. So taking that and then working backgrounds backwards and to inform everyone if you're not aware the rate of expulsion and suspension of preschoolers across the nation is greater than um, and this is as reported uh, by zero to three and dr walter gilliam and his work at yale university and our center's work um, on preschool expulsion through dr jerry costa and uh, dr caitlin mulcahy um, that rate is greater than the expulsion rate from kindergarten through 12th grade. And when, when I often in um, groups outside of early childhood uh, education and um, services, adults are, are appalled. Like, well, how, who, who would expel a, a preschooler or, or a child? Exactly, however, we see, right, that disruptive behaviors, um, a child who is dysregulated can cause so much concern, can push many adults hot buttons, yes. so they end up flipping their lids. So now you have two or more individuals stuck in those protective behaviors mm -hmm. or defensive behaviors. Mm -hmm. And then things just escalate. Mm -hmm. So um, the goal is to begin a relationship with the adults who support um, the children, understand how that adult is feeling, offer them space to safely express what this is all meaning for them, how they view what is happening, and then work with all of those perspectives to reframe behavior. Often, um, as consultants, we are then taking pieces where these behaviors may be pointing to for meaning. So in other words, is it a developmental expectation? You know, two-year-olds, should be um, considered that they might bite. Why? Because their language is developing. They don't have a way of expressing on how to get their needs met. So are there developmental expectations? Are there developmental delays? Is there trauma or traumatic event that has impacted this child and family? Um, what is it about the relationships that are holding this child and or children um, when we talk about um, classroom climate what you know what is happening during transitions what is happening during a large group expectation 
uh, of, of the age group in that classroom. So there's all those different pieces that then become um, material for a theory or a hypothesis. And we never stick, right, to, to maybe our first hypothesis, but it is, um, it's even more than a team effort because as we draw all that together, I, I have witnessed, and this is why I get so excited and passionate about this work, is that I see everyone involved grow, learn, build confidence. So the end result that I see becomes that adults are able to find calm, they're able to find confidence. And so it's not a one-off, it's not, okay, things worked out you know, in this situation this, with this child and this experience, no, the adults then down the road, a year, two years, next month, go, oh, I recall if, you know, if I focus on changing the transition expectation or whatever it might be. So the, the goal to answer <laughs> your question um, then becomes um, helping adults move from a reactive Mm -hmm. impulse or um, interaction to a responsive and that can be with the children with other adults right right oh so I I love the way that you describe that because it sounds like what the consultants do has the very best ripple effect it's not just being able to provide services that will impact this one child who is having some struggles succeeding in the environment, but that the learning that goes along with the adults, being able to have this reflective time, feeling so supported, gaining some new knowledge and some skills, um, it allows them to take that forward for all of those other children that they'll work with in the future who may have similar or even different challenges of being comfortable in the in the environment and so they're able to use that to benefit so many more children yes i ripple effect definitely exponential is a word sometimes that mm -hmm. i land on yes mm -hmm. yeah and i i think that it probably makes the staff either the you know the, the teachers the assistant teachers the uh, family childcare provider feel so much more confident and competent um, when they are able to provide every child in their group with exactly what they need to thrive because like we all know nobody gets into early childhood education to become a millionaire you know people get into it for the love of children and there's i think there's nothing more frustrating than wanting to provide a wonderful opportunity for a child and feeling like there's something that's preventing you from being able to do that. And so you're providing that opportunity for this staff member to be able to reach every child um, and not leaving any of them out. Yes, absolutely, Lori. And it's uh, what is so important 
is that adults who are so passionate, I, I mean, so many of the teachers and directors, teaching assistants, um, they commit their life. Yes. Taking care of the children. And what you just mentioned is what I find so frequently and, in, in, you know, all of us consultants find is the adult is blaming themselves. Yes. Yes. What am I doing wrong? I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the best person for this child right. when um, it, it is, it right. is not that right. at all. It, it's yeah. taking in the why. Uh, why now? What is happening now with right. this child right. that, um, you know, may, may be different from the right. way this child was two months ago, last week? Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I I hate to admit it, but being perfectly honest here, when I was a director, there was a child that that we expelled. And I just wonder if we had had the support of cons early, you know, early childhood mental health consultants, could that narrative have played out differently? I really think that it could have. Um, but we didn't have what we needed when this child, you know, became so incredibly aggressive, was throwing chairs in the preschool classroom. Right. And, you know, I remember crying with the teachers as we were at our wits end in terms sure. of what we needed to do and feeling so incredibly defeated that we weren't able to meet his needs. Um, so I'm so, happy and so excited that you all are here for all of us <laughs> that, you know that when people are having these kind of struggles in new jersey with the young children in their care that you are able to help change that narrative to move that needle to help that help that adult help the child succeed yes um, i think that is so important um how do people find out about um or 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 reach out to get the services if they're feeling like oh my gosh you're talking about this child in my program <laughs> like mm -hmm. i would love to be able to have somebody help me um figure out how to work with this child more positively so what what would people need to do about um that's a a, a really good point um because um the Center for Autism and Early Childhood Mental Health um, is not the only game in town, but it, it's it's a large one. Um, <laughs> so, um, I mean, there are individuals in private practice. There are, you know, groups that provide services to families. Um, there are um, clinicians in pediatric work, of course. But when it comes to childcare, um, and supporting the large number of children who are attending some sort of early care, zero to, to five, it would be the CEFI services. Mm -hmm. um, and the way to contact us at Montclair is to use our email. So CEFI, S-E-F-I, at Montclair.edu. And, um, our coordinator then is able to provide the referral form mm -hmm. and um, I am the contact person that then um, 
lo looks at the referral and assigns it to a consultant. Um, again, you know, it used to be geographically. Right now, since we're working virtually, um, we have a host of consultants who are, you know, who are available anywhere in the state. And I'm really pleased to say that um, the center has been pr provided funding to expand our team of consultants, um, actually to double the size. So um, it is wonderful. Um, oh there's so much work to be done and, and access uh, mm -hmm. be, be made available. Right, right. Oh, that's, that's great uh, to think that, you know, the good work that you do can be amplified by being able to have more people available to, to do it. Um, can you share some other examples of times that, you know, you might be called into service of, you know, situations where um, a child's may be exhibiting certain behaviors that would lead the adult to say, oh, I could call the center. I think that, I think that they're the people who can help me with this. Well, actually, there are, um, other um, areas um, that can can be enlisted. And so we've been uh, able to work at a program level. So let's say, uh, and um, you know we have we have many experiences here where a director is concerned about the overall climate at okay. the center. Um, maybe there's a situation um, where there's been a loss. And there is grief that oh, okay. is experienced by the professionals, uh, maybe from a family, a, a child. So our work does not have to begin with a singular child focus. Oh, that's uh, great to know. We're able to, as consultants come in, gain perspective, mm -hmm. uh, provide, um, you know, in that particular example I gave, loss and grief. Mm -hmm. uh, discussions, the ability to understand um, how grief is experienced by adults and children. Right. Um, or the climate could be that the, the um, center has experienced uh, a change in administration or a change in expectations, or there's, there's just something that's impacting the climate. Okay. So that is, that is one way. Mm -hmm. And also another way is to support a director individually, um, because we know, as and, and you just referred to your own experiences, that often things occur like a pandemic, and this is much of the work that we're currently doing, mm -hmm. where the leadership is overwhelmed and right. the leadership needs a uh, consultative stance from someone to be able to share in a safe space um, okay. how difficult things are and then how to support the relationships that they have with the families and with staff. Ultimately, most referrals that are at the um, center level come in with an individual child as the focus. And we quickly find as consultants that um, when we you know, have our initial meetings and observations, that there is a classroom component. Um, maybe developmentally, um, there are things that are being stirred up, particularly by that one student 
but other students are also experiencing either um, unknown expectations or too great of expectations or um, relationships um, among the peers with you know within the classroom so most of the time our individual child consultation also includes those um, observations those partnering with the teacher the staff the teacher the assistant teacher in being able to look globally across the classroom and the end result being you know what you and I had discussed that it's it's just not a one-time learning experience uh -huh. it builds the professional formation right. Of, right. of each individual professional right. so it, yes it can be and then you know the, the referral can come through a parent asking a the center staff the director uh, or the teacher you know please please help us we have some concerns um, and I don't want to ignore the fact that consultants um, may not refer to diagnosis or early intervention um, we may we may end up there in our consultation um, and then what we do is we support um, naming locating services resources okay. for the child and for the family um even though we are licensed clinicians mm -hmm. we do not provide therapy okay as a consultant we um you know uh view observe gather our information work with the many professionals and then come to a uh, a conclusion as to what is best uh, needed to serve this child. Right, right. So it sounds like what you do can really be um, thought about in so many different ways and so many different levels of supporting the social emotional climate within the program, whether it's working with the director, whether it's working with the teachers, the family um, and, and figuring out as a team in a collaborative way how to create positive change to improve the climate, improve the outcomes for how people are, are working with different expectations in classrooms and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Do you find any barriers um, to utilizing? The consultation are are there barriers for programs? The main barrier, and this is something that uh, Caitlin Mulcahy and I discussed uh, in some focus groups um, that in, informed an evaluation program, and I'll speak to that in a second. Um, the main barrier is the stigma to mental health. Okay. So. Um, a colleague of mine yesterday said that we should campaign to change the term infant uh, um, mental health to relational wellness. Mm -hmm. And it was a you know, and it was a ha aha moment for me. And I'm like, yes, that is what it's about. Um, and you know, we we have seen on social media 
and um, on news programs that there is a stigma in our society about mental health. Right. Um, you know, no no one wants to think of their child or themselves as crazy. Um, and so it's having opportunities such as this one for, for me and, and for all of us to inform that infant and early childhood mental health is not identifying that there's something mentally difficult um, that a child is struggling with. It's focusing on all of the factors that will build strong relational and emotional health. And then the other barrier is being aware that these services are available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that you brought up something that, you know, I'm being very transparent here. I, you know, have been in the field of early childhood education for many, many years. I'm what they call a seasoned professional. <laughs> Um, but I did take a pause at one point. I was home, you know, spending some time with my young children. And it was during that time that I think the infant early childhood mental health lingo and discussion mm -hmm. started, you know, to be talked about. And when I came back, that was a new terminology for me to, to hear about this. And I was like, infant mental health? Like, I was thinking about, you know, the stereo typical picture of psychotherapy, you know, the baby on the couch next to Sigmund Freud. And I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around it when I heard it for the first time. And I think, you know, that relational wellness um, is, it describes exactly, you know, what, what it is that's coming out of the work that you do is that social emotional learning and, and just thinking about, you know, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic and how important those relationships are and how critically important it is for people to be able to have those relationship building skills. So if you're able to impact that when a child is an infant or you know preschool or a toddler, that trajectory of that child's life could be so enhanced because you supported the adults in supporting that child's needs at a very young age. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but this, that stigma, I know that mm -hmm. I see those signs, that stigma-free zone. And when I first saw those signs, I was, didn't know that they were re talking about, you know, this is a place where mental health is not stigmatized. Um, and I think you see those a lot when you go on college mm -hmm. campuses. Yes. Um, I think it's, it's important to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, you are. You are not alone um, in in that initial thought of right. mental health. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I guess yeah, the education continues. Right? <laughs> I heard about it, and I was just like, oh, you know, you just that that's with the picture in my mind. You know, psychotherapy, which didn't mm -hmm. seem to fit with someone who's a toddler is still in diapers. So, <laughs> yeah, but what you're describing is you're really working with the adults to support the needs of the children. And just briefly, the the other barrier, um, because I want to validate um, how um, the adults um, caring for children, the, the parent, the family, the caregivers, the, um, the educators, 
often are fearful that um, they're doing, as we said, they're doing something wrong, but what's wrong with me that I can't handle this? Right. I should, I should be doing better. And I, you know, and, and I want to give permission um, to individuals to say, you know, let that go and reach out for help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. And it doesn't mean that it's um, a difficulty that you have or a weakness. Mm -hmm. um, relationships are dynamic um, and there's no right or wrong. Um, we um, need to be able to be flexible and um, understand that what I call, sometimes it takes a Calvary or a village mm -hmm. to meet the need and address uh, what it is to, to help the child, the children and the environment that they're in. Right, right. and um, yes, I think that that is so profound that um, you can feel, um, defeated as an early childhood professional like this is this is your profession this is you've been to the trainings you worked hard you've gotten educated you've observed you changed your practice and and you're coming up stuck and so yeah. you can feel um, you know what am I you know what's wrong with me kind of thing um, you had mentioned something earlier which I, I'd love to kind of circle back to but you, you had just mentioned it briefly could you just describe a little bit um, for people who might not be familiar with the concept you had talked about ghosts or angels in the nursery because I think I think that's so so important um, to think about and to be aware of Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, and um, it's um, concepts that have um, really support, uh, supported and been integrated in my work. So Selma Freiburg, if, if anyone's looking for a reference, um, wrote about um, ghosts in the nursery. And um, what, she's re what she referred to was that we all bring along with us in our interactions with children, whether it be our own or those that we care for, we bring along what had been parenting experiences behind us, our, our family, our caregivers, um, foster care, um, kinship care, um, and it's those, um, feelings because it, it's, it's more than knowing of experiences. It's how we've been shaped, uh, maybe understanding that in the past, a child needed to be given up to outside care, um, or maybe there was inadequacies felt by the, um, the previous parenting group. We're talking generational mm -hmm. things in many, many cases. Um, we are talking about um, racially um, stirred up, uh, uh, oppressive, um, things that uh, that really um, paint who we all are. So then we become caregivers. And of course, those are things that we may not consciously 
be yeah. aware of, but through conversation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and and then, uh, you know, on the surface, we often hear individuals say, oh my word, I just heard what I was told as a child and it came out of my yes. mouth. <laughs> There's my mother's voice coming out of my mouth, yes. Yeah. So, and that—that's a—that's sort of a superficial uh, connection to to ghosts in the nursery because it—they it, can be very deeply embedded. Okay. However, um, Alicia Lieberman, who is still around, but she's a, a, an amazing professional. Um, she wrote about angels in the nursery, and so those are the, our nurturers. Those are the individuals that we think about that unconditional love who also have created who we are right and there's so much power in sitting with another adult and reflecting who was the person that nurtured you what was it about that person and who are you now how do you use those or can you access those types of ways of being mm -hmm. with this particular child or children in your classroom and then the, the same factors in um, when we're doing consultation with families. Okay. Um, so I, I encourage anyone um, who has a passion in this work to um, find that uh, those articles um, and inform inform mm -hmm. themselves uh, that we just don't become um, and if there's anything that really is the platform um, for our work um, at the center really two things initially it's um, what dr jerry costa developed um, is professional formation taking the ways of knowing the training the uh, the knowledge articles um our degrees um our ex uh, experiences there combining them with ways of doing practice so consultants are right there alongside wherever the adults are in the homes in the classrooms in meetings um but then really wrapping it together with the ways of being and that's uh, yeah. um, Yes. So everything is kind of integrated into yes. a very cohesive whole. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, can you tell me this? What's, um, what are the strategies that are in place right now to be able to develop and sustain um, infant and early childhood mental health consultation um, for New Jersey's um, child care workforce? So like, for as we move forward in the, the future, and you talked about that you're increasing capacity by having some more people come on board. Yes, um, it it is the most exciting time, um, at least in my uh, career. Um, so the focus um, on expanding um, is coming from a number of funders. Initially. Um, we are working with the Burke Foundation in funding an evaluation program of our model. And so what that means is um, whatever, what individuals have seen and, and experienced as CEFI um, will be evaluated um, in four count, it is 
it has been launched um, for a year in four counties and we'll be collecting data that will um, show us the strength mm -hmm. um, very optimistically on my, my part, but I know, I know there's going to be many uh, strengths identified. Um, primarily, I think we're going to see that consultation is able to reduce the stress in the adults so that they can therefore be available to reduce the stress in children um, mm. and and become responsive. Um, so we'll also see that these skills, uh, you called it the uh, ripple effect, mm -hmm. I call it exponential. Um, I think that we will also be able to, um, through the research and the data, identify that the skills are sustainable. Okay. That through the theory of change, adults are able to <laughs> change and gain confidence. Yes. So, that is happening and alongside that we you know we are also um still operating at the level of uh referrals throughout the state through the grow new jersey kids um, rating system the qis um family child care programs um and um even faith-based um centers have reached out to us for consultation um so um we're trying to be as accessible as possible um, yes. and the, the team will expand. Yeah, so what you're describing is a system that can become so sustainable because you're not doing a one and done. You're not providing an hour or two of information at a training and then you know, saying, okay, go at it. But you are, mm -hmm. you know, coming you're coming alongside someone and helping them be reflective in a relationship that is ongoing to be able to meet the needs of the program so and the adults that are in that program i think that's that's great um and um the idea that you're in increasing capacity by having more professionals come on board and your description of what you're doing just the research and then the using the research to inform your future is so much of what we talk about with Grow New Jersey Kids, that whole CQI, the continuous yes. quality improvement where, you know, you look at what you're doing and you figure out what's going well and what you might do to make it better. And you're always improving in that way. So oh, that's, I mean, that this holds so much promise to the children, the families, the early childhood workforce in New Jersey. Um, I know that I have had the opportunity during this pandemic to participate in some virtual learning opportunities with people from throughout the country. And we were able, you know, when I described what you at the center were doing to support the workforce through your conversations for, you know, connection and calm that you're, you've been offering, and people have just been amazed. Like, why can't our state do that? <laughs> so, oh. I think that um, you know what you're doing is so incredibly impactful, um, and especially the sustainability and the you know mm -hmm. the ripple or the exponential effect or you know whatever you want to call it. It's just magnifying. It's amplifying. You know what the good work. So that's wonderful. Um, 
Jean, is there anything else you want to talk with us about with infant and early childhood mental health consultation? You have provided so much good information. Um, I am going to make sure that when we um, release this podcast that we have your email address at the center prominently displayed so people can know how to reach out and, and you know Great. activate those services if they feel there might be a need. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. This has been um, such an easy and wonderful time for me to spend with you. Um, I just had a thought that I should describe, um, I mentioned the evaluation program that we're um, evaluating our model. Our model um, is known as a short-term model. Um, so the consultation is actually six to eight visits okay. over the span of four to five months. And the reason I, I think I need to emphasize that is I mentioned there are other um, right. organizations that provide infant and early childhood mental health consultation. Many of those have clinicians embedded in their system, like Head Start um, right. is one of their standards that they um, have access um, to mental health consultation. Sometimes those individuals are full-time on staff. Um, I did that for a number of years um, for a Head Start agency. Um, many times they contract out. Um, the same goes for pediatric uh, um, groups. And so I, I just wanted to make to clarify that for anyone listening to this thinking, well, you know, I make a referral and then two years down the road. No, it's it is short term. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's what we're evaluating as well. Um, I also just want to mention um, that we are very focused on diversity. Um, you know, our state um, is extremely diverse. Um, housing, um, many, many different cultures, many, many different marginalized populations. We are making every effort that our um, team um, models the diversity that we find in the state. Um, it it is difficult at times because, as I mentioned in the beginning, there are um, th there's not a wa a large group mm -hmm. of clinicians um, who are trained and specialized in infant mental health principles and mm -hmm. um, have have been um, supporting the early childhood um, profession and and families. Um, however. Um, that is um, very prominent in the mm -hmm. goals that we have. And um, we feel that it's important that um, centers that access us for referrals will be able to identify with the consultant um, in a way that is comfortable and safe for them. And that means um, a diverse group of professionals. Right, right. Yes, I think that that's important to, as you said, to um, to honor the diversity in our state by looking at ways to um, bring more people into this field, which is really 
I mean, the field of infant early childhood mental health seems to really be in its infancy in terms of the yes. number of people who who are trained to do this work right now. But I think that at the center, you're doing a lot to um, to increase that, you know, through the yes. fellowship and, and different opportunities to have more people become more aware um, and to really encourage people to to. Uh, look at this as a career path so mm -hmm. yes oh that's well wonderful. and excuse me i would be really remiss if i didn't mention that there is a professional home in the new jersey association for infant mental health for professionals and there is a credential an endorsement um, for um, all professionals who work with children and their families um, zero through three um, because it, it is infant mental health, and I am pleased to have had the uh, privilege of being the endorsement coordinator for the state for five years. Oh, that's wonderful. So I'm going to make sure that we put that information in as well, <laughs> in case somebody wants to, um, you know, start Absolutely. on that journey. So. Yeah. Could someone, for instance, who's a, a head teacher or a, a child care center director, that there would be potentially a path for them to look at becoming more knowledgeable in this and maybe eventually become endorsed? They may be, uh, they may meet the requirements for endorsement currently. Um, there are four categories, um, each relying on training, employment, education, and um, participation in reflective supervision. Oh, so okay. um, there will be an email address where anyone who is looking for information oh, um, that's great. can contact. That's Absolutely. great. Well, thank you so much, Jean. I really appreciate you um, joining me today so that we could talk about this. You've been a wealth of information and I know that um, uh, the early childhood community who gets a chance to listen to this will be excited to hear that um, there's someone out there who's got their back in a way to help, um, you know, with the social emotional challenges that are happening right now as a result of the pandemic, but also moving forward um, that, that that's, you know, available to them.